welcome. This is Talking Aerospace Today, the podcast for the aerospace and defense industry and the trends that drive the digital enterprise, a place that brings the promise of tomorrow's technology to the ears of our listeners today. And I'm your host, Scott Salzweedle. Welcome to episode two of a four-part series. As you may recall, our first episode touched on program planning and execution. This episode discusses the future of aerospace. I'm excited to get started. Now, would you believe me if I said we are in the early stages of perhaps the greatest period of innovation in the history of aerospace? Although there are some unexpected and unfortunate global challenges as we tackle the coronavirus, innovation in aerospace will continue. We're talking about major advancements in urban air mobility, supersonic flight, electric propulsion, and commercial space travel, just to name a few. Take urban air mobility. We have drones of all shapes and sizes. We have super sophisticated military drones, drones that deliver medical supplies or even pizzas. There's vertical takeoff and landing aircraft or VTOLs, which will dominate the urban landscape someday. There's also personal air commuter technology by way of jetpack or body jet. Yes, we're talking to Jetsons here, folks. Roll, roll. This podcast focuses on how aerospace manufacturers and their supply chain partners can deliver on future innovations. How? Well, one thing happening today is the digital transformation of design and engineering operations. In many respects, digitalization empowers companies to take on new innovation. But at the same time, digitalization can also help solve some of the difficult challenges facing the industry today. In essence, we're talking about ways in which the industry can build aircraft smarter, faster, better, and bring new innovation to market. But it's also taking complexity and turning it into a competitive advantage. I'm happy to have a real expert with us today, someone who has a lot to say on this very topic. Joining us is Dale Tutt from Siemens Digital Industry Software. As Siemens is known as the go-to guy for all things aerospace and defense. Welcome back to the show, Dale. It's great to have you. Hey, thank you, Scott. It's uh, really great to be here with you again. And you know, last time we talked a lot about program planning execution, which is really the foundation for successful programs. But today's subject's about design, engineering, and manufacturing is really where innovations take flight. This is a great topic. I'm excited to get started. So thanks for being here. Before we get into into the meat of the topic, a little bit more about your background. Dale is the Vice President of Aerospace and Defense at Siemens. He has over 30 years experience in engineering design, development, and program leadership within the aerospace industry. He specializes in building highly effective cross-functional teams to achieve complex operations when building today's aircraft. Before Siemens, Dale worked with the Spaceship Company, which is part of Virgin Galactic, Textron Aviation, Cessna, and Bombardier Aerospace. Dale, you've been a busy guy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's so many of the exciting things going on right now. And really, as an engineering leader, it was always very satisfying to see new designs take shape. And it's always fun to watch all those new products that are in work right now and, and to see all the exciting innovations that are going on. And I imagine the, the best is yet to come. There's just so many promising technologies and, and breakthroughs on the horizon. Absolutely. So it, actually, before we begin, I'd like to take a minute just to address the COVID-19 situation. So, Dale, what can you tell us at this time? Yeah, you know, we're, we really are uh, facing unforeseen challenges uh, throughout the industry from the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, it's forcing teams to find new ways to work with each other, and it's causing a few projects to slow down. But we know that the innovation isn't going to stop. 
In fact, I think we're seeing an amazing amount of innovation and flexibility just in how people and companies are responding to the pandemic and adjusting their manufacturing uh, to, to, to make medical products and that sort of thing. So, you know, Siemens, we're working with companies to implement their solutions to allow team members to work uh, outside their normal work environment, to be remote, to help to collaborate together as teams, and then to ensure that the customer's production can continue with minimal disruption. So uh, there's a lot going on, but I think that, you know, the innovation is ongoing, and I think uh, it's going to just continue as we uh, as we come out of this. Yeah, it's like if there's a silver lining, it might be something around the lines of people realizing they can work remotely and digitalization enables um, people to, to be pr- productive even if they're not on location. Back to the future of aerospace. Let's first talk about the challenges OEMs are facing today. My list includes meeting program performance, expectations, increased complexity, globalization, and an increase in electrification. Do I have those right? Yeah, absolutely. I think just to expand on those a little bit, you know, a lot of companies are really facing pressure to reduce program cost and schedule, whether they're an OEM or a supplier. And, and there's always pressures to, to go faster, to get to market faster, to bring and to do those programs for less cost and significantly less cost. Uh, and then, you know, we see a lot of increased program complexity and integration as companies are trying to get higher performing products, they're, they're doing more integration and they're going to more software to save weight or to just get more performance out of their systems. Another one of those outcomes of that is this increased electrification. And, and in some cases, this is in response to the decarbonization of the industry where you're seeing electric propulsion. But even before that, you started seeing companies looking at electrical or electromechanical systems to improve the reliability and maintainability of their products. So, you know, instead of having a hydraulic system, maybe they had an electrical system. And so we've seen this trend that increases the complexity of these products. And then we're also seeing a lot of globalization where it's your competitors or your supply chain, or in many cases, it's your workforce. And so these collaboration tools that we were talking about a few minutes ago are really starting to pay dividends in how companies can work together in this environment. And all of these things, they all they all play with each other. So, you know, the globalization increases program complexity, which also increases that pressure to, on program cost and schedule. So, you know, these are the big trends that we see. And so a lot of our, our, our solutions are really geared towards uh, helping with that. Let's talk about digital enterprise. Can you explain to our listeners what we mean by digital enterprise and how these challenges can be addressed via the digital enterprise? Well, when you think about the trends, you know, the common theme really is complexity. And you can try to simplify and reduce that complexity, but the companies that we are really seeing producing high-performing products and reducing their costs and really making transformational improvements in their, even their schedules and how their programs run, they're really embracing this complexity. And so you can do this by transforming into this digital enterprise. And so our accelerator portfolio that Siemens uh, Digital Industry Software has uh, has developed is really helps companies of any size with this digital transformation so that they can manage this complexity. So it includes the industry's most comprehensive digital twin so that you really understand your your systems, this connectivity and the traceability that you get with digital threads and seamless integration and interoperability of these solutions. And these digital threads really enable multiple processes and all the all the data to be integrated from the beginning of the product lifecycle to the final sustainment or product support of that product, really having full traceability throughout. So this fully 
operable digital twin and digital enterprise really offers a great understanding of your products and while reducing your risk and, and helping you go faster. Wow. Well, when you say fully operable digital enterprise, I think about customers Zipline International. Zipline is a California startup that designs and builds drones for medical supplies delivery with a very small army of folks. Zipline pretty much does everything in-house from start to finish. Here's Zipline's Keenan Ryobeck. Um, this is how he puts it. The plane brings together many disciplines, right? Electrical engineering, mechanical engineering, manufacturing engineering, and then of course, aero engineering. The amount of engineering that goes into sizing, right, one of those control surfaces like an aileron on the plane is huge with input from almost everybody I just mentioned. Uh, interdisciplinary interaction. Dale, isn't this one of the key advantages of the digital enterprise? Yeah, it's, it's modern aircraft are really, they're very highly integrated. They're very complex. And, you know, to solve all these integrated challenges, it's, it's a lot more than just managing 3D CAD. And so, you know, the example there about talking about control surfaces, you know, there's, there's, it's CAD, it's analysis, it's requirements. And, and there's a lot of things. You have to have a multidisciplinary optimization to develop the best solutions. And with all these variables involved, it's not easily managed if you have a lot of disconnected models and if you're using document-based systems. So you've got to have these connected solutions in a digital enterprise. And so, you know, the digital enterprise, the digital thread really enables that seamless integration between all these different models and tools and full traceability from concept all the way into service. And one of the advantages then is, in, you know, when the inevitable change happens, you can quickly do a full impact assessment. You understand what the uh, downstream effects of that change are, and you're able to make a better decision. So, I think that helps a lot. And another aspect that we see with a lot of these programs is a lot of companies are using these integrated product teams. You know, they're bringing all the different functional areas involved in engineering so that, you know, they're breaking down the silos with these, uh, with these integrated teams. And so, you know, bringing engineering and manufacturing and supply chain in, the digital enterprise really enhances the communication and collaboration that's occurring within these integrated teams. So it really is changing the way people work. Okay, so hanging on to the, the idea of the digital enterprise. Earlier, I mentioned VTOLs and urban air mobility. This is a very hot category. Um, so the question, how is Siemens innovating in this area? Yeah, you know, it's an area with a lot of excitement, and there's a lot of innovation and a lot of c- cool products out there. So, you know, the first thing that really comes to mind with how we are helping these companies is their ability to simulate these extremely complicated platforms using the digital twin. So whether it's your CFD analysis, your electrical system, your mechanical system, your structure, we're able to bring all of that integration together. So these types of platforms are they you know they consist of multiple disciplines and functions and all of this has to happen together. And so as I mentioned, you know, with all these different simulation types that we have, this is really helps these design and engineering teams to make these complex trade-offs. And so you you have to balance all of these together. So if you have emphasis in just, you know, one area where you're looking only maybe at thermal energy or electrical energy, you might be making sacrifices in other areas where you you lose performance. And so, you know, the answer for a lot of these companies is to be able to simulate this multidisciplinary approach within the digital twin. And so this helps these teams address the design challenges and the engineering challenges. And by automating a lot of these processes and being able to look at a lot of different solutions in a very short period of time, you're able to make the optimal solution that, that best satisfies all of your needs, whether it's electrical or thermal or, or structural. 
And so the digital twin really delivers this critical data on how the, you know, the product works and, and the, and accelerates the design process uh, through the simulation. Taking all these together and automating a lot of these tasks really frees the engineers up to focus on finding the best solution. Actually, if you think about it on a higher level, it's all about efficiency, collaboration, and speed. So let's take a listen to how Piper Aircraft is using digitalization. Here's Piper's Jim Funk. When I look at the engineering side, it's always speed of execution. How quickly can you innovate? How quickly can you execute on an innovation? How quickly can you turn a concept into a conceptual design into a actual product? Yeah, from, you know, from what Jim just said, you can see how digitalization really spurs innovation and at the same time is helping companies to address these key uh, issues of complexity. And so the seamless integration between all these different tools, such as the simulation requirements and 3D design, it really enables you to quickly transition between the tools and not be manually updating information between all these models and different uh, different simulations. And so this task automation, again, as I mentioned earlier, really reduces the risk of errors. It frees up the team to focus on solving problems and challenges. And, and really, in doing so, they are allowed to be, they're enabled to be more innovative. Automating the design process. What does the future look like here? Yeah, you know, it's important to understand that, you know, Siemens Digital Twin, again, is really far more than just a CAD profile. It's really about automating the entire design process. And, and, and that's ideal for future innovation, as well as it really addressing the complexities of your solutions or your, your, your aircraft program. You know, so, for example, let's look at all of the disciplines that would be involved in the design of a landing gear. With our digital twin, you know, you have a, all these requirements, these schematics, CAD files, diagrams, simulation, electrical systems, hydraulic systems. Everything's connected and it's integrated through this digital thread with the digital twins. And so the users have a continuous loop of being able to generate design options, evaluating these options against the key criteria, and then validating that the design meets all these increasingly complex design and certification requirements. Let's move away from design and talk about the future of production, which is another key area for innovation. Here we're talking about additive manufacturing and composites. Dan, what can you tell us about additive manufacturing? When you when you think about you know the future of production, I, I think one of the most significant changes that's coming right now is additive manufacturing. At Siemens, we've invested very heavily in, in enabling engineering and manufacturing solutions for additive. And really additive is, is fully enabled by a end to end digital thread, all the way from a concept design of a part through manufacturing quality inspection. And, you know, the ability to 3D print these parts, it really is revolutionizing how these teams can build parts and the assemblies. But it's also going to, you know, really dramatically just change how these parts are designed in the first place. For example, we had a customer that wanted to improve the flow within a corner uh, of a tube. And, you know, usually your air is flowing around in a bend in the tube. There's a lot of turbulence in the airflow. And so, you know, as a you know normal matter, of course, when you're designing these kinds of air ducts, you're usually constrained by machining operations or the tooling, say, for an inject- injection mold. And so there's really no easy way to solve this. And, and so, you know, you, teams usually end up having to make the diameter of the duct larger or they have to try to find other ways to push more air through it because of the pressure losses in that area. 
But now when you start to think about how you can print a part without any constraints on internal shape, the team was able to really design some flow diverters into the tube that, quite frankly, you would have never thought you'd just look at it and you're like, it's so out there that you wouldn't expect to see that, that, that shape. But they were able to minimize all the turbulent flow and all the corresponding losses. And so it really you know, resulted in a much higher performing system. And it really took a manufacturing technology that could fully unlock the potential of the generative design solutions within all the CFD analysis to really come up with a simple and inexpensive solution. So, so when you think about this flexibility that additive manufacturing is providing, you're already seeing right now that even like during the coronavirus pandemic, companies are switching over and producing something that they weren't producing weeks ago. And that couldn't have been done, you know, with normal, with more traditional manufacturing methods. So this flexibility that you get with the additive manufacturing is really going to, it really helps companies be a lot more flexible, a lot more agile and get parts that are much higher performing. Yeah, and through 3D printing, you're hearing more and more stories about how people are being very innovative in creating new parts facing this, this pandemic. When I think of additive manufacturing, I think of it's like a revolutionary way to how parts are designed and, and built and, and even assembled. So that's really good stuff. So I also mentioned composites. So what, what can you tell us about composites these days? When you look at composites, it really is about optimizing the aero structures for performance, for weight, for manufacturabilities. And, you know, composites are really going to continue to be a leading material solution for new aerospace products for, for year, you know, many years. There's been a lot of investments, but uh, as you, you know, we're, we see more and more automated fiber placement, the cost of that, the, um, that automation uh, is coming down. It's being more flexible. Companies where they used to look at automation, where you, you'd start doing tape laying or fiber placement, once you had a sustained production line, they're now using it even in prototyping because there's so much flexibility with it. So it's changing that, that the automation that comes and the ability to, to model that with a lot of the simulation tools and digital twin is changing even how you produce composite parts now. So teams are using things like NX and FiberSim to really take advantage of the higher strength materials and the ply direction, the fiber directions and, and automated placement to optimize these uh, large aero structures as a wing skin and really bring help bring weight down. So you know, by investing in these advanced materials and manufacturing technologies, I think Siemens has really paved the way to you know future production uh, and get the most benefit for our customers by automating these processes. Something that's getting me excited is how augmented and virtual reality are creating new collaborative tools. I mean, this is a game changer and new processes and new ways of thinking will be required. And I know you have some pretty strong feelings on this. Game changer is kind of an interesting one. Sometimes you know, when you're using the immersive VR, you almost think you're like you're in a game environment. So it's, it's, huh. it's, uh, it's pretty amazing technology. With immersive design, the immersive 3D environment and the high-end rendering that you, you, you can get now, it really offers a lot of possibilities uh, to reduce the need for things like physical mock-ups. It makes it easy to explore design alternatives in a way that you've never been able to do. And that's a huge driver for innovation. But, you know, really through giving users this sense of scale and proximity, you know, virtual reality is becoming an important tool for having a deeper understanding of the design of your part in the product lifecycle. So, you know, teams are now designing in context. So if you think about... In the past, when you've designed and you're on a CAD tube or you're, you're, you know, back, back when I started, you're on paper, 
you, you don't have a sense for the size of the part. But when you start thinking about in terms of virtual reality, you're actually working inside of the airplane and you're, you're putting parts in the airplane the same way that the mechanic or the technician uh, would put the uh, parts in the airplane in the same way they'd maintain it. So, you know, in essence, you're, the designer's looking at the part in the same orientation as the technician when the part is going to be finally installed. And, and so it really, you know, you, you, you know, you have that full sense of, of the size and scale of the part early on and, and, and you start to design things differently. Wow. Wow. That's really cool. But seriously, how close is the industry to adopting AR VR technologies? Yeah. You know, it's happening today. You know, I've had the opportunity. I've, I've used, you know, VR in, in design, in the design process and making decisions. And, and, you know, as I said, you, you, you get lost in, you, you know, you actually have the sense that you're inside the spaceship, but it's also, uh, I've also, you know, been able to chance to see customer products using their VR systems. Again, you get that sense that you're like, you're there. It's pretty cool. And it is very compelling and you quickly feel like you're looking at the real vehicle. So, you know, I've also seen some of our visualization products and the virtual reality. It's no doubt in my mind that if I'd had, you know, virtual reality when I was a design engineer and designing parts, we would have been able to work a lot faster. And I, I know we would have produced designs that were a lot easier to build and maintain. Wow. So that's AR, VR as it relates to design and engineering. But I know it has implications on the factory floor as well. Yeah, exactly, Scott. I think it's, uh, you know, Siemens, we've really tried to strengthen the linkage between the virtual design world and the augmented reality that's on the factory floor. And, you know, we're doing things where you can use cameras, you know, put highly you know, accurate cameras and features to help locate parts in an assembly you know, and manufacturing teams are really replacing the 2D drawings and work instructions with 3D augmented reality. So teams you know, are able to locate these parts using the rich features and the augmented reality, and they're already readily available. And it completes the end-to-end model-based enterprise. So as you know, as a technician puts the part, you know, prepares and install the parts, you're able to verify that the correct part's been selected. You're then automatically recorded by the system, you know, when you scan the barcode, so you know you're putting the right part in. And then the system is able to guide the user to put the part in accurately with proper orientation. And when the when your installation is complete, it automatically verifies and records that the part has been installed in the right place and the task is completed. And so you eliminate all the paperwork. So not only is it helping you in locating the parts properly faster, but it's also taking away some of the tasks of, you know, all the paperwork that's associated with it. So it can really help speed things up. Wow. Wow. That's a lot to digest. So let me ask you first, what is the one challenge aerospace OEMs are finally figuring out as a transition to a digital enterprise? Well, you know, companies, they're very excited to adopt digital solutions and embrace the digital enterprise. But, you know, often I think a lot of companies run into the biggest challenge is culture. You know, to fully embrace the digital enterprise, you've got to be able to focus on people, tools, and processes together. And so as you implement solutions such as those that, you know, we provide with the Siemens Accelerator portfolio, uh, you also have to look at your processes and, and provide training for your people on both the solution and the updated process so that you can rapidly implement and optimize your digital enterprise. So really, when you start down this path, you've got to think about all three. You're buying some solutions, you're buying tools, but you really have to also focus on your people and your process to get the maximum benefit of your investment. Yeah, so culture, a very big issue when transitioning. 
what great innovation will we all be talking about five years from now? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I think we're going to be on the cusp of really what's going to be an amazing transformation in both urban and high-speed mobility. So you think about within the urban areas, you're going to start to see a lot of growth of the EV tall aircraft and air taxis. And, you know, there's there's so much going on in the market and with with like what companies like Uber are doing to help, you know, really look at putting the infrastructure in place in some of these large cities. It's going to change the way you move around these large cities. But when you get to the airport, you know, I think with the advent of some of the new supersonic aircraft, such as what like what the new aircraft from Marion you're going to start to then see this uh, transformation of high-speed point-to-point transport over long distances and being done in a sustainable manner. And, and it's, it's possible that both of these are going to be starting to become available to us in the next five years. That's good stuff. That's exciting. You mentioned the new types of aircraft, and that reminds me of what Bi Aerospace is doing. They just might be the, the Tesla of aircraft OEMs. Bi has built an all-electric aircraft called the E-Flyer. Listeners, I urge you to Google by Aerospace. That's V-Y-E by Aerospace. Anyway, CEO and founder George Bai had this to say about how Siemens is helping this company. The NX CAD software in particular that we're using right now is a technology enabler. It keeps by Aerospace in front. The, the ability to capture all of the aspects of an airplane design is greatly enabled in the capturing of the E-Flyer 2, the transition to what comes next is particularly a capability that the Siemens software can do for us. Uh, what a great example. Uh, you know, the team at Bi Aerospace, they really have been a leader in electric aircraft. And uh, at Bi, they've taken a you know limited team of engineers and they've been really able to focus on interactions of all these different disciplines. And through the work that they're doing with the digital enterprise and bringing all their digital twins together, they're really, you know, really feeds into the fly before you build reality, which uh, OEMs must do if they're wanting to remain profitable where they're using virtual solutions to, to, to come up with better designs. And so, you know, Siemens, we believe you, you can take advantage of this complexity and turn it into competitive advantage for our customers. And, and by aerospace, we've, we've been able to, you know, we've seen this happening and, They've aggregated a great many disciplines into a single collaborative environment, all within the digital world. And so it's a great example. Well, the bottom line is Siemens digital industry software is ahead of the curve in aerospace. And it's no surprise we're bringing the technology of tomorrow to our customers today in in a number of real and, and very innovative ways. Thank you for visiting with us today, Dale. And fortunately, our time has run out. My sincere thanks to you. Hey, no problem, Scott. And, uh, you know, I, I thank you for having me. I love talking about this stuff, and I, I really look forward to the next time. Yeah, it's fascinating for sure. So uh, we will be talking again soon. This is a podcast series. I, I would like to take this this moment to extend my deepest thanks to our listeners. I'm glad you tuned in to this podcast. Uh, thank you, listeners. Um, so remember, at the top of the show, I mentioned this is a four-part series. Uh, make sure you chase down our first podcast on the Siemens website or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can always visit us online at Siemens.com slash PLM slash Aerospace Defense. This is Talking Aerospace Today, and I hope you'll join us again for our next podcast. Until then, bye for now.